This is High Stakes from Gerard Phillips, Kate, and Hancock. Welcome to High Stakes. I'm David Schifrin. John Mason is the Senior Vice President and CIO at Quorum Health. Our VP of Digital, Reed Smith, hosted John here at the barn for another firm lunch and learn, this one talking about cybersecurity and crisis response. After the talk and some damn good chicken, Reed and John recapped a few of the highlights focusing on misconceptions around cybersecurity, who's responsible for what, and the people you should know before you get hit with an attack. Here's that conversation. All right, so talk to me just a little bit about, um, as we think about cybersecurity, people have, I guess, they, things conjure up in their mind of what mm-hmm. that means. But maybe what, what are a couple of the misconceptions that um, uh, are debunk a couple of, of thoughts, I think, that people maybe associate with when they hear the word cybersecurity? Sure. I mean, you know, well, most of us are uh, brought up on TV and Jack Bauer and 24 and those kind of <laughs> yeah. things. And I think one of the, one of the big misconceptions is, is that every, every kind of breach is a, a big nation state operation with big data centers and, you know, TV mm-hmm. screens everywhere. And, uh, the reality is most of this is done by individuals or small groups of people, uh, who have, uh, found ways to broadcast or try to reach as many people as they possibly can, uh, just, purely through numbers, right? If I can, if I can get enough people to click on something, I'll make some money. Um, so I think that's the first one is that it's, uh, it's like this nation so, state. Yeah. So it's, it's not, uh, no one sitting in a room specifically targeting your organization, right? It's just, they're targeting everything they can target. And the more they do, eventually something will hit. Correct. Right. I mean, there, <clears throat> there is some targeting, you know, you look at some hospitals, but the reality even there in the healthcare space is uh, they're just hoping that somebody will click on something and then they'll figure out what to do with it once you do it. <laughs> right. right. We'll, we'll cross um, that bridge later. Right. Yeah. Just somebody please click. Yeah. Um, I think I think another misconception is that uh, uh, this is this is some deeply uh, technical way of hacking into your system. And the mm. reality is most of the time this happens because somebody clicks on something. Um, the big portion of what people click on is what starts this process. Um, and so oftentimes we don't, we don't pay enough attention to, uh, to the, the social engineering aspect of cybercrime. We think it's just this technical thing that people are doing, but the reality is most of how they get there in the first place is through social engineering. You know, yeah. manipulating people to believe something or do something they wouldn't normally do. And what we hear is phishing. Correct. Right? People have heard that terminology, mm-hmm. and that's what we're talking about. People are lobbying, in this case, emails into an organization because they figured out uh, they've got an email list from somewhere, and they're emailing everybody, hoping somebody clicks on something. Right. You know, and trying to make it look official and right. all those pure, kinds. Of pure things. law of numbers, right? If we can send out ten thousand emails and get one person to click, yep. they can make money. Um, yeah, so it, it, it's, uh, you know, phishing is a, and, and phishing is just an acronym, right? It's uh, the idea being that it, it's looking for a, a series of things, the ways you can identify an email. And if you want, I'll run through those just. Um, well, and what can, what are a couple of things people should do, right? And that's kind of the acronym, right? So right. like, what, what does that, what does that entail? Or what does that look like? Yeah, so, you know, if you get an email that has certain characteristics about it right so it usually has something personal it's usually something that is uh, 
uh, got a, a, an urgent request to it. So in mm-hmm. other words, I need you to do something right now. Most of the time it has a link or an attachment they want you to open. Um, and and if you see something like that and it, it seems out of the, the norm and it has things like misspellings or you don't recognize where it's coming from, you've got to... You've got to be suspicious, right? Um, and, and, and as I've, I've said before, even if I get things from you, you know, Reed, if you sent me a, a note kind of randomly that had an attachment and I know who Reed is, and, and of course, why wouldn't yeah. I? Um, I'm still going to question it anymore uh, because there's so many ways around it. Uh, so unless you're specifically expecting something, you, you have to be more cautious. That's interesting. I think... Um so you talk about the urgency as mm-hmm. being part of the right. part of the request, but sometimes it's the uh, uh, the urgency on our own part on why we end up clicking on some of this stuff. We're just in a hurry. Orbit. We're moving fast, right. you know. And so if people could just slow down, think through it for mm-hmm. a second. Was I expecting this? Does it look right? right. You know, some things like right. that. Right. Why would Why would somebody be asking me to log into my web account, web email account? You mm-hmm. know, what for what purpose? Now. They'll put something in there that makes you think it's critical or we're about to lock your account or something. Um, But you really have to step back and ask yourself, have you ever seen this before? Yeah. And why would they send it this way? Yeah, pick up the phone and verify that this is something you're supposed to be doing. So A a credit card company is never going to send you an email and tell you your account's about to be locked. Click here to provide information. They're just not going to do that. Right. Well, that's great. Great feedback and uh, good uh, good tips. All right. So when, when we talk about cybersecurity, uh, cyber threats, things like that, um, I've heard you say specifically it's not kind of an if, but it's a when. So if you haven't been hacked, you, you will be. It's just a matter of time kind of a thing. Um, what should marketing and communications be doing? So we have people, especially in the larger organizations, that are specifically looking at this stuff every day. But what should marketing and communications do to to help within the organization? Well, I, I think I think one of the things I would say is you have to have this conversation before something happens, right? And so mm-hmm. getting if if marketing and communications isn't working with IT ahead of time, getting to know each other, understanding what the roles and responsibilities are when something happens is important. Developing that relationship. Um, secondly, I think the the marketing side really needs to start, the communication and marketing side need to start thinking ahead of time about for when it does happen, how are we going to communicate this? And get as much of that as you can pre-done, pre-prescribed before something happens. Um, because when it happens, it's going to be a crisis. And you're not going to have time to think it through like you should. Yeah. Um, so the more of that you can plan ahead of time, I think the better off you are. And, and whose responsibility is this on a daily basis? Now, certainly in some organizations, maybe that is the CIO. But mm-hmm. but talk a little bit about like who, who within the organization is spending time on this daily? Well, it, 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 of course, it depends on your organization, right? What levels you have. Um we have uh, we have a risk manager, uh, so somebody from risk should be certainly involved. Mm. Uh, somebody from compliance um, in the healthcare space, we have somebody who's over compliance. The CIO, um, and I and I think really from the marketing communications aspect, it needs to be somebody from that team who's working with the rest of those groups to help think through. Um, you're going to be busy trying to solve the problem. How can we help? communicate and keep the public aware if it's needed, uh, the employees aware, mm-hmm. and even the ex- internal leadership. How do we make sure that leadership knows what's going on? Because 
oftentimes they're the ones asking questions and people are fighting fires and they don't have time to put down the fire extinguisher and come explain it. Um, this, this is not new, obviously. Um, certainly as we catch up, the, the folks wanting in or, or creating these threats or trying to stay one step ahead, what, what does that look like? Or what does a CIO keeps you up at night as you think about kind of the evolution of this space? Yeah, and it, it's a good point. It's an it's an evolving threat, right? It's always going to be trying to get one step ahead of each other. Um, uh, the the bigger changes now that we're seeing, of course, is as we have more and more things in our lives um, that are connected to the internet, our refrigerators and our watches and <laughs> and everything yeah. we have. Uh, we have to worry about those things. The same thing would apply in a hospital. You know, as we connect more devices in a hospital, we have to be protecting them. Um, uh, and making sure that people can't have access to it. Uh, because, you know, there's always the possibility someone could shut off the air conditioning system, right? Because that's computerized now. Mm. Um, and so our job is to be constantly trying to make sure that anything that touches the internet has some level of protection in it. You, you can't assume that someone won't find a way if it connects the internet yeah. to do something to it. So it may not be just about the data, it's now about the things, right? Right. You know, we you, you hear these things in the news about self-driving cars and the fears that people have that someone could take over a car and drive yeah. it. Um, well, that applies to anything that is connected to the internet. You don't want you don't want someone to take control of something when you don't want them to, right? right. So you have to protect for that. So we've talked a little bit about what you should do internally, relationships you should build, things you should prepare for. Uh, what about just as an organization, what are some of those relationships or things you should be thinking about and kind of pre-planning, like you mentioned, um, you know, on the external side, I guess. Sure. Great question. Um, you know, one of the places I would start is, um, if you're an organization of, of any size, really, um, getting to know, uh, the local FBI office and their cybercrime unit, whatever it happens to be there, um, local law enforcement, obviously, you know, media contacts and things like that. Uh, but getting to know them ahead of time, because when the crisis happens, uh, it's not the time you want to walk in and introduce yourself, right? It, it'd be better to already have a relationship so they're uh, more willing to help and they're they're also kind of prepared for who you are. Um, so that, that's one thing I think is to truly just develop those relationships externally to the people that you will end up talking to anyway. So you just have to think through it. Um, and I, and I would say also internally, right, is we, we've mentioned, but this idea of making sure that people have this awareness that it could happen. Um, we like to believe it won't. And, uh, again, we've talked about this, it will. And, and yeah. so making sure that people keep it top of mind, at least know that it's there. Yeah. Or even some affiliated groups like your Correct. board mm -hmm. uh, could be EMS, could be community physicians or anybody That's that right. has a connection with the organization right. and kind of what that plan might be. Right. Exactly. Cool. Okay. Yes.